welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of F.S. Cairo, Nile Plaza, LLC and Brownlee. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 45. And in order to understand this case, it is useful to give a little bit of background as to who Sir Ian Brownlee QC was. He was from Liverpool and had a successful career as a barrister and an academic. His specialty was international law, and he appeared before the International Court of Justice in a number of high-profile cases. Perhaps most notably, he advised US President Jimmy Carter during the Iran hostage crisis of 1979. In 2010, Brownlee died in a car crash in Cairo, and that is the subject of our case today. Lady Brownlee originally issued a claim in England for damages in both contract and tort, and that case also reached the Supreme Court, where it was found that the defendant was not actually the operator of the hotel, and so the case was remitted back to the High Court. After this time, Lady Brownlee was successful in her bid to substitute in F.S. Cairo, the appellants in this case, and serve on them outside of the jurisdiction. F.S. Cairo then appealed against this, arguing that permission should not have been granted to serve proceedings out of jurisdiction. The Court of Appeal rejected those arguments and so F.S. Cairo brought them to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. There were two main issues for the justices to deal with, and the first of those was described as the tort gateway issue. The idea here is that for a claim to be issued out of jurisdiction, there are three things that have to be established. The claim has to fall within one of the gateways listed in the civil procedure rules, the claim has to have a reasonable prospect of success, and England and Wales has to be the appropriate forum in which to bring the claim. The gateway that Lady Brownlee seeks to use is from paragraph 3.19a of Practice Direction 6b, which requires the damage to be sustained within the jurisdiction. However, FS Kairos submit that the initial or direct damage must be sustained in England or Wales. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court found that such an approach would be far too restrictive, and any fear that a broader interpretation would lead to out-of-jurisdiction claims being accepted when they have very little relation to England is misplaced because there is still the third requirement that England and Wales is the appropriate forum to bring the claim. Meanwhile, the distinction that the appellant tries to make here between direct and indirect damage does not hold water because that concept comes from EU law, and this is a different system. In answer to this question, the Supreme Court held that the damage described in paragraph 3.19a simply refers to actionable harm caused by the alleged wrongful act, and so Lady Brownlee's claim does pass through the tort gateway in the civil procedure rules. The second main issue to be decided upon was whether, in order to show that the claim had a reasonable prospect of success, Lady Brownlee has to provide evidence of Egyptian law. F.S. Cairo submit that in the absence of sufficient evidence of Egyptian law, Brownlee has failed to show that her claim has a reasonable prospect of success. In response, Brownlee herself submits that in the absence of sufficient evidence of foreign law, the court is able to apply English law. To answer this, the Supreme Court drew a distinction between two separate concepts, the default rule and the presumption of similarity. The default rule tells us that where foreign law is not pleaded, English law can be applied in its own right. 
However, where foreign law is pleaded as being applicable, a party must show that they have a good case under that law. Meanwhile, the presumption of similarity is to do with the interpretation of foreign law and basically says that, in the absence of evidence to the contrary, applicable foreign law is likely to be materially similar to English law on the matter in hand. Applying these two concepts to this case, Lady Brownlee pleaded her claim under Egyptian law, and so English law is not applied by default. Instead, she has to show that she has a good claim under Egyptian law. Nevertheless, the judge was entitled to presume that Egyptian law was substantially similar to English law, insofar as holding that Brownlee had an arguable case for the purposes of establishing jurisdiction. Ultimately, the appeal was dismissed on both of the issues discussed. For me personally, I have a hard time coming to terms with the reasoning in this judgment, and I'm not sure I would have dismissed the appeal myself. When we are talking about out-of-jurisdiction cases, one of the key principles is that it should not be easy to bring a claim, because doing so impinges, in a small way, on the sovereignty of another state, and also expands the liability for companies in ways which are often unexpected. In fact, when it came to the tort gateway issue, Lord Leggett gave a dissenting judgment and felt that paragraph 3.19a should be given a narrower interpretation. For me, this is also just common sense. Sir Ian died while on holiday in Egypt, so to argue that damage was sustained in England as the paragraph requires, just seems absurd. Furthermore, on the second issue, it was common ground between the parties that Brownlee's claim is governed by Egyptian law. Under the default rule, this means that a party has to show that they have a good case under that law. It is true that the presumption of similarity means that a strong comparison can be drawn between English and Egyptian law. But if Brownlee has failed in the first place to show real evidence from Egyptian legislation and case law, that there is an arguable case, why should the judge jump in and help her out via the similarity principle? My view is that in this type of situation, the claimant should have to present all of the evidence that they can from a foreign jurisdiction, and then where there are gaps in the law, it is then that the judge can step in and draw a comparison with the rules in England. Out-of-jurisdiction cases are complex and difficult to deal with, so I do have some sympathy with the justices here. But where there are principles and guidance to be followed, it is important that they are applied in a strict manner that emphasises the seriousness of filing a claim that makes a foreign company face liability in the English courts. Before I finish this week, we have another review of the podcast, this time from Lottie, who says, I've only just started listening and it's amazing. I'm getting ready to go to university after a year out, and a great way to get into the mindset while running. Thank you. That's really great to hear, Lottie. I hope that you have a great time at university. If you're on a run while listening to this episode, then keep going, feel the burn. If you get a chance to leave a review yourself, that would be much appreciated because it really helps the podcast get noticed and pushes us up the charts. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye! Thank you.